Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, and welcome to Serious Issues, a comic book podcast where one man, me, Andrew Levin, sits down and talks about comic books until he has to leave in half an hour to go pick up his son from school. Let's see what we can do today. All the comics I'm about to talk about today came from King's Comics, um, which you can find on George Street in Sydney if you want to go there in the flesh or at kingscomics.com. Big up, Kings, for providing us with all the comics that we've been talking about on the podcast over the years. Uh, Today, those comic book books include comics from Marvel, Image, DC, Dark Horse, and other publishers. I have some local varieties, some manga as well. We're going to be doing a big talk about uh, the current direction of the X-Men books in the hands of Jonathan Hickman. I know a lot of you are very excitedly reading that each week, but we kick off every episode of first, of, of Serious Issues with a segment called First Things First, in which uh, normally we, today, I, go through all of lo- the last few weeks' worth of First Issues, the brand new series that started over the last month. And I'm going to kick things off with Absolute Carnage. A, uh, a behemoth of a uh, of a book, a seven dollars ninety nine, big thick triple issue. It's a, it's 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 a thick boy, um, and it's been written by Donny Cates with art by Ryan Stegman, J.P. Mayer, and Frank Martin. Um, of course, Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman have been the ones in charge of uh, the last year of Venom comics. And when I started reading those, I believe I prefaced my first review by saying, "Now I'm not normally a Venom guy." And uh, that goes tenfold for me being a Carnage guy. That's a character that I have never, ever had any affinity or desire to, to read before. Um, but uh, look, I like I like, I like liked what Keats is doing with Venom. I kind of fell off a, a couple of months ago. And uh, I'm a massive fan of Stegman's art. So I was interested to see what they do with this character. Um, Carnage is like, what if a serial killer bonded with the symbiote that, you know, Eddie Brock bonds with? You know, Eddie Brock's just a run-of-a-mill thug. But what about uh, what about a, 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 one of the most dangerous serial, serial killers, serial killers in the world? What if they bonded with with a symbiote and got magical powers? What would happen? Well, normally, what happens is really, really edgy, gross comics that I never read. But in this case, it's quite a fun, beautifully drawn uh, story that um, sees Eddie Brock and, of course, Venom. Um, Plus uh, Eddie Brock's son and Spider Man and the Maker, the um, the Ultimate Universe's Reed Richards, uh, team up to take down a superpowered uh, Carnage who is kind of linked to the original 
what Donny Cates has been doing in his in his Venom run that the, the symbiote originally came from like this guy called Null, who is this like you know many 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 year old god thing um, that has like a planet full of symbiotes. Um, he's currently uh, he's actually been a recent character in uh, in Donny Cates's Silver Surfer Black run, which I'll be talking about later in the episode. But anyway, so so whatever, um, fucking carnage. Old Cletus, um, and you have to read every single line of dialogue in a uh, reluctant Woody Harrelson voice. Uh, Cletus is is extremely powerful, and he's breaking into a prison. He's going to try and get uh, what's his name, old sausage hair, um, Norman, Norman. Uh, no, it's gone. Normally Green Goblin, well, whatever his name is, Green Goblin, whatever the Norman's last name is. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows it. Today, apparently, I don't. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun kind of like team up between Spidey and Venom to turn and take down Carnage before he uh, bonds with the Green Goblin but he's not he wasn't he, he, Norman has not been the Green Goblin recently I guess when we last saw him he was a, he was Carnage so whatever it's confusing it's beautifully drawn it's uh, a lot of great action Ryan Stegman draws the hell out of a symbiote fight especially when there's like 10 symbiote powered beings and a spider just whipping and thwapping all over the place um, do I really care what happens next? Not really, but I did enjoy reading all $7.99 worth of this uh, first issue of Absolute Carnage. And I hope you did too. Uh, Marvel also put out a book that I wasn't sure about because this is a character that uh, I have even less uh, experience with than Carnage. Uh, we've got a new series of Death's Head. Um, and Death's Head is like a, uh, a space hitman, a space assassin, but he's a robot. And uh, I guess he has like punk rock roots, certainly British roots um, in uh, in Marvel Comics. Um, and we get a new uh, series written by Teeny Howard with art by Kay Zama and Philippe Sabrero. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, this is going to be like a, a pretty funny uh, robot robot musical comic. That actually sounds great. Uh, but was taken aback because uh, the kind of main characters of this comic, it's not actually Death's Head, um, this big funny kind of robot assassin instead uh we um, first we have a scene with yondu versus death's head that sees uh death's head kind of like let out into space and then he crash lands on earth and um we meet out the main characters of this uh of this hopefully this entire run it's uh wiccan and hulkling uh previously of the young avengers um of course they are a couple um wiccan is uh at one point was the son of Scarlet Witch, and so he has magical powers. And then Hulkling is—he's like a Kree scroll. He's like a, he can so he can shape shift, and he's really strong. Anyway, they, they're dating and then they're, they're living together, and now they have to deal with uh, Death's Head, this kind of like funny, wisecracking space assassin robot. Um, and uh, of course, Wiccan Wiccan has some weird like he's—he's uh, he's been trying to access different realities. To try and find the best, try and f- figure out which is the best way to live his life. Um, so he's been, he's been watching other r- versions of himself in different realities, um, and this may be why Death's Head has come into their new apartment. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought the writing was was really really good, and um, Kazama's art, um, while kind of sc- scratchy when when it started, especially when we first see Wiccan and Hulkling, it did grow on me by the end. Great colors by Philippe Sobriero, but uh, excellent writing by Tenny Howard, and that is why I'll be continuing with this series. A nice little surprise. Uh, and if you have uh, some Death's Head recommendations to me, why don't you recommend them to me? And maybe one day, many, many years from now, I'll think about reading them. 
Uh, over to Image now, and we have a new number one from uh, just a, a creative team. So good that uh, there's no way I could miss this one. Uh, Chip Zdarsky is writing this one with art by Chris Anker and Matt Wilson on colors. Uh, Zdarsky, you, I'm sure if you've listened to one episode of this episode of this show, you will know Zdarsky as the uh, the artist behind Sex Criminals, the writer behind recent runs on uh, Spider-Man, Daredevil, um, and a bunch of excellent creator-owned stuff as well. Uh, this is him doing a two-part story with Chris Anker, who uh, we most recently loved as the main artist on Runaways. He's also extremely good at drawing penises, um, and so if Siobhan was here, there was, this would be one of the best segments of Dong Watch ever, uh, because uh, Chris Chip lets Chris Anker just go wild towards the end of this book, and there's a fun, magic-fueled um, orgy, uh, or almost orgy. No spoilers. Uh, and of course, Matt Wilson, one of the best colorists over at Marvel um, and uh, a, a frequent collaborator with Chris, Chris Anker. So it's an unbelievable team. The book is called The White Trees, A Black Sand Tale, and it's in two parts. We got this first uh, issue, so the first part. Um, and uh, it is a fantasy um, kind of setting. Um, there's uh, several, um, a, a couple of uh, parents, I guess, are, are called to, to have a meeting with, is he like their king or something like that? Yeah, he's their ma- their majesty, um, and he in- their majesty informs them that their children have been kidnapped, and so these are uh, three three adults, these three parents. Um, so we have uh, one man who uh, used to be a very very vicious warrior who has since turned to the land and uh, given up violence. Um, he is reunited with uh, an, um, two other men who are dating. Um, and and one of their daughters has been so it's yeah a son and a daughter have been uh, have been kidnapped and it's up to, up to these uh, people to reunite, put their differences aside, and uh, try and rescue their children. And uh, it's a pretty simple story, um, but it's the the flair that you get from this team up of excellent comic book creators that makes this such a great read. Um, the this, this, this is one of the, the least funny Chips and Asky comics I've ever read And that's a, you know that's not a bad thing by any means But it's him definitely you know, There's some a few lighthearted moments There's some very believable dialogue between um, the couple And uh, we also meet the uh, the ex-wife of, 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 the, of one of the members of the couple um, At some point in this, in this story And there's some great little back and forth between there uh, But this is quite a somber book that I wasn't uh, really expecting from Zadarsky. He's obviously been doing a lot more serious stuff, even in his superhero books as well lately. Um, but he has a lot of range. And uh, I think this is a great example of what an excellent uh, writer he is. Um, you need no further proof that Chris Anker is one of the best cartoonists um, working right now. I just, I love, normally I love him from a fashion point of view. So seeing him do a, uh, a bunch of like great you know fantasy creatures and of course their their costumes and outfits is is thrilling and then later when we meet a bunch of mostly naked uh, magic uh, magic tricksters um, of course they look wonderful as well dicks and all um, and uh, look this book is uh, it's it's about parenting I guess in a way it's about uh, you know remembering who you were in the past and, uh, and and trying to turn a new leaf but also not being able to escape your past. Um, which is you know, certainly not, not new themes to a, to a comic book like this, but uh, this was just a, an absolute joy to read and I can't wait for that second part. I kind of wish it was longer, but I also think it's cool that it is just, it's cool to get a two-part comic book series these days. Uh, so definitely pick up, if you can still get it, The White Trees, A Black Sand Tale. I hope this will be a very, very like beautiful hardcover collection when they do collect it, um, both one and two later on in this year, I guess. Uh, over to Dark Horse Comics, we get a new book by Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato Jr. 
uh, with Frank Martin and Steve Wands. This book is called Berserker Unbound. And uh, in short, it is like, what if Conan the Barbarian uh, accidentally accessed them, like, you know, after seeing his wife and child murdered um, at the hands of his enemies while trying to escape, accidentally accessed this weird magic, and then he got transported to, like, present-day New York. And uh, I just summed up the first issue. Um, I'm reading a lot of Lemire books at the moment. This was by no means bad, but also I'm reading a lot of Lemire books right now. You don't have to read all of them, Levins. You can not read a Lemire book. Have you tried that maybe once in a while? Over to another Dark Horse series that Jim from King's Comics recommended me. <clears throat> this book is called No One Left to Fight. And, uh, and it's by Aubrey Citizen, whose name rings a bell, but I can't, can't think of anything by them that I've read in the past. Uh, art by Ficho Osio and Taylor Esposito on, uh, on Colors. No One Left to Fight. Uh, Jim recommended it to me because he knows how much Shonen Jump uh, manga I've been reading lately. And this is like a very fun take on... I guess like a Dragon Ball kind of kind of series. We have the once glorious warrior who saved the world time and time again, uh, returning to his hometown where he's viewed as a hero. Uh, but in doing that, he uh, he meets up with his old friends. Two of them have gotten married, and uh, the husband of uh, of the couple uh, he resents this hero. He he always thought he was the more powerful fighter, and is constantly challenging this hero, and uh, you know just hates him because everyone loves him so much. Uh, and uh, it's this fun reunion of uh, of like you know typical you know Shonen Jump esque kind of like warrior characters who all have crazy fight moves and have grown up fighting, um, and they all have they're all, they've got so much angst about each other. Um, I read issue one and two of this. It's uh, the only thing I don't like about it is the the color palette. It's um, very very neon, which I guess kind of suits the the genre. But I'm so used to reading. Uh, stories like this in, in black and white. So uh, to see it colored this colorfully is uh, is a bit daunting. But uh, I enjoyed this a lot, actually. I'm going to keep continuing with this series called No One Left to Fight. Uh, and uh, on the front, it, it boldly exclaims, it's the comic that you always wanted. And uh, maybe, maybe it is. No One Left to Fight. Maybe it is. That's it for First Things First. If you want to talk about any of the new series you've read in the last month, the best place to do that is in the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can access by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. We're going to talk about some image books now, uh, namely the final issue of, uh, of a beloved Serious Issues series called Paper Girls um, by Brian K. Vaughan, Cliff Chang, uh, the aforementioned Matt Wilson, and Jared K. Fletcher. Uh, this um, long-running series hit its 30th issue uh, last month, and that is its final issue. So Paper Girls lasted 30 issues long, and uh, the 30th and final issue, obviously I'm not going to spoil anything, was a very satisfying conclusion, but... It was. It does something that we we like. I guess a few comics, certainly most of Brian K. Vaughan's series, do this. Where I guess all the action comes to the head in, in the penultimate issue, and so this issue is what happened next, and you see the characters getting on with their lives. Um, and I had a lot of questions after reading this, but I think uh, most of them should be answered if I go back and reread the entire series from the start, which I definitely intend to do one of these days because it was a great series. Uh, great writing by Brian K. Vaughan. Of course, it's about four four paper girls in the 80s who get uh, transported through time um, and uh, has excellent art by Cliff Chang. Great colors by Matt Wilson. Uh, in fact, yeah, I mean, it, it just it's such an, an instantly recognizable book. Just if I'm looking at one panel, you can tell straight away that it's I don't know, a paper girls book, paper girls uh, issue. 
And uh, I thought this is some of the best character work Brian K. Vaughan has done, where it's very, very difficult for me to say which of the four Paper Girls was my favorite because he wrote them all with so much love and care. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, I was very satisfied with this ending. And uh, maybe I'll talk about it more in the future when I finally reread it from the start. Um, highly recommended. Now, if you've been waiting for a while for this series to finish, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't want to get in at the beginning, I get it in the end when I know that it stuck the landing. This one definitely did. So go back and read it all. Uh, we got issue 14 of Snot Girl this w- month. Uh, Snot Girl is by Leslie Hung and Brian Lee O'Malley. And it is about Lottie, who is a uh, fashion blogger and model. And uh, she also suffers from allergies. And uh, so they call her Snot Girl. Um, and this... The last few issues have been, we've kind of like been grow, like learning more and more about all these characters that she kind of hates having in her life. Um, she's a she, they really, really like test you with with little, to the, push you to the limits of do I like this character, this main character or not? Not even just this character, like these characters in general. There's a lot of uh, pretty unlikable characters in here, but that kind of makes the book that much more fun. Um, we've, we're seeing. Everything in Lottie's life kind of crashing down around her. Um, and uh, now we're seeing a few other people's lives uh, crashing down too. Um, there's, a, there's a wedding, in, in, um, in, in, impending wedding, featuring two uh, characters uh, from, from the book that we're uh, getting closer and closer towards. And there's, there's always been in the background of this series, like a dark side, a crime side, um, a mysterious figure. Um, and, and in this um, issue, um, we see that figure do something truly fucked up real real bad a murder even and that was not uh, an element that i was expecting with this book they've kind of hinted at it in the past but in this issue we straight up saw that and uh i've already like i i adore every every panel of this book and uh i love what they're what, what they're doing with it now great series snot girl you should be reading it you should also be reading ice cream man um which hit its 13th issue this month um it's written by uh, WL, w Maxwell Prince with art by Martin Morazzo. We're going to be talking about Martin Morazzo again later with the uh, final issue of the second volume of She Could Fly later on. Um, Colors by Chris O'Halloran. And this is a, a horror book um, where every issue, there is like a, a, a vague kind of uh, intertwined story from issue to issue, but it, it, they are kind of one, like one shots. And uh, this issue is a palindrome. You can read this issue forwards or backwards from the last to the first panel um and i just thought that 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 meant that like you would be able to like you know it doesn't matter where you start the beginning or the end um the story makes sense as a cohesive narrative um no matter which way you read it but actually it's straight up a a palindrome in that it, it is like a mirror um from from halfway through the, the issue like when you when you get to the half of the issue the the comic repeats itself and so where you see the character um, climbing down as as the comic starts, he then climbs his way out. And the, even the dialogue is the same, but it does, yeah, it loops in on itself and the characters do talk in palindromes. Um, it's a really, really interesting concept um, that I'm not sure, you know, is it is it worth the money to have uh, to have half of your comic be the, just a repeat of the first half? Um, I would I would argue yes because this is a a very kind of cool idea that I thought was executed really well. It's a great series with so many great ideas. Um, I don't think this is this is as strong as the um, the Neapolitan issue of Ice Cream Man where there was like three three panels um, 
for throughout each of the pages that, that told three different stories. But this was another really fun, high concept issue of Ice Cream Man. Uh, let's do some Lemire comics because I uh, look. I didn't shit on his last one, but I did. I, I, I did say I'm not going to continue reading it. Whereas I'm loving, absolutely loving, Gideon Falls, um, which is uh, uh, another horror book um, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrentino and Dave Stewart. Um, and this is a book about. I mean, it's it's about so much more than its initial concept, which was like a, a man with a dark past being sent to become the pastor at a new at a, at a at a small town, and then discovering that there was some dark secrets in the town. Um, it's also it's kind of like about madness um, and about like it, there's there's this black barn that's like the central kind of eerie uh, figure. Um, in, in, in everyone's minds that, that haunts our two main characters who may or may not be like related um, as we as we kind of yeah all, all, there were like two different narratives being told at the, at the same time in the first few uh, issues of this and now I guess we learned that they are more related than we thought um, this is like it's definitely gone into kind of like more bizarre horror where um there are a lot of non sequiturs and things that necessarily make sense, um, but it's a fun ride. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I hope that I've re- I recently reread um, uh, Nameless by Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, and I remember that being like a very high concept space horror um, comic that I thought really lost its way quite quickly. And uh, I don't, this is definitely not losing its way. I just hope we don't. I don't want it something too open ended of an ending. But I don't even know when this is ending. So these are these are fears that I should not even have. Um, Jeff Lemire's other book uh, that Image put out in the last month is Ascender, issue number four. This is the sequel to Descender, which was a science fiction book by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen on art and colors. Um, but Ascender is a magic book about um, some of the re- remaining characters from Descender, um, one of whom has a, uh, has a daughter now, um, trying to use technology in this uh, magic-only world and uh, being chased by uh, everyone in power because of it. Um, it's really, really fun. Uh, something massive happened in this one. Like they, they, they kind of like as they were fighting uh, the kind of big magical powers that are trying to come after them. It looks like they had like a little win, and then we were reunited by with another character from the original Descender run who is uh, who is uh, drunk on her butt and certainly have seen better days. So it's going to be a fun fifth issue, just like this fourth issue. It's a really good series. I dare say I'm enjoying this more than uh, than Descender. I think because it's this is a, yet another series about parenting, and we all know that as a parent, I love those. Uh, finally, from Image, I've not got two more Image books. Second, almost finally from Image, uh, I got Criminal, issue number seven by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Look, I've said that this is one of, if not my favorite monthly comic book, um, so many times. When it returned, you know, seven issues ago. And uh, Ed Brubaker kind of put forward that this would be like a kind of almost anthology series where there would be like some ongoing stories, but there would be lots of one shots. It would jump from because all, all the uh, volumes of Criminal that has come, come before this series has been like totally different stories told um, that like are kind of related. There are like you have like repeat characters and things like that, but then you have others that are completely separated from it. It's the essential, the the, the central theme is just crime, uh, but. Uh, yeah, apparently this is this current this current arc, which is called um, "Cruel Summer," in which we um, we learn the fate, or rather the death of uh, one of the main characters of Criminal, uh, what what finally killed him. 
um, is going to be like quite a few issues long. Um, and uh, this one uh, focuses on Ricky Lawless, the son of Teague Lawless, who I guess Teague is, if there ever was a main character of Criminal, Teague would be it. And uh, we've met, we met Ricky in uh, one of the Criminal specials that came out a few years ago um, where we saw just how bad of a father Ricky is. And um, sorry, just about of a father Teague is, and uh, Ricky is uh, is very fucked up by the actions of his father. Um, Teague is currently being courted by um, uh, a woman who basically scams her way through relationships and steals the wallets and bank accounts of every man that she's ever been with. Except uh, she and Teague are t- hitting it off, and Ricky hates her for what she's doing to his dad—not stealing his money, but turning him to, into a into a father that's trying to appear like he's a good father, a good man. His son hates it. Um, there's a really, really tragic moment in here where, um, Ricky's friends just want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And at one point in his life, that was all Ricky wanted to do too, but he's growing up and his interests are like, you know, horrible things like running, like causing mischief and and running away from cops and getting himself in worse and worse situations as the, as the issue progresses. This is not going to be a very happy arc this cruel summer. It's going to be cruel indeed. And I'm here for it. I fucking love this series. Great back matter as always. Excellent. Um, let, like kind of letter, letters section, um, in which, uh, um, Ed Rebecca is asked a question about adaptations in general, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, just, some, just so much great back matter in general. Um, this is just such an excellent book to get in single issue format. And uh, I'm just in awe that uh, a book with such good art, such a good writing and such good back matter is only three ninety nine. Uh, it's one of the thickest book, books I get. I mean, look, it's, it's no uh, absolute carnage, but it's not, it's not far behind it in terms of page count, better quality paper too. <laughs> um, so from uh, image, this is the last image book I'm talking about. I'm reading sea of stars, which is the, uh, uh, Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam, Stephen Green and Rico Renzi. Um, it's because it's like a space action book in which a father and a son are separated. And this is kind of like chronicling the father trying to uh, get through space and find his son. And we learn about his tragic backstory. Um, we meet a whole bunch of like bad aliens and robots and fun space stuff. Um, and I guess the, the, the son is having his own adventure too. Um, it's not my favorite Jason Aaron story. Um, and, uh, look, one could argue that much like I'm reading too many Jeff Lemire books, I may be reading too many Jason Aaron books too. Uh, but I'm enjoying this so far. Uh, it's a fun, fun, pretty easy read. Uh, so that's it for image. I'm going to have a sip of water and then we can talk about DC comics. Mm-mm. Delicious. Just like issue two of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber and Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, this is, even though it's only two issues in, easily my favorite book DC is putting out right now, just because it is so tonally different. Um, if I wanted to compare it to anything um, in terms of like high concept joke humor and that kind of plays with the format of comics and is very meta in its delivery, it's very much a writer's comic, um, a comedy writer's comic in that. I, I would compare it to like almost like a more adult, um, unbeatable squirrel girl in terms of like knowing jokes. Uh, it's a lot less goofy. Actually, no, it's just as goofy. What am I talking about? But yes, this is like a, a Jimmy Olsen book. Of course, Jimmy Olsen being the uh, the dumbass photographer at the Daily Planet, um, and we learn a lot about his his family history uh, in 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 this issue. Um, I don't even know he had a brother, let alone a scumbag asshole brother who treats his treats Jimmy like shit. But um, this jumps around in terms of uh, 
time. Um, at I guess at the moment, Jimmy is in Gotham, but uh, there are there are multiple like kind of like it's 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 told in like little vignettes. You get little little strips almost that are introduced, um, you know, with as different stories, but they're all linked. Of like, yeah, we have like Jimmy and and Superman hanging out together. We have Jimmy and his brother having an argument together. We have Jimmy in in Gotham, um, who eventually, I guess, gets on the phone to Lois Lane. Um, I'm enjoying this so much. Uh, I, I I've always loved Matt Fraction as a writer, particularly when he's writing comedy. And uh, even though I'm desperate to to get to the end of Sex Criminals one day, um, this is a fun distraction in the meantime. Uh, highly recommend Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Uh, definitely my favorite DC book at the moment. Um, and part part of the uh, like it's a twelve issue Max series, Maxi series, which is uh, exactly what uh, the Lois Lane series by another one of my favorite writers, Greg Rucker. Uh, this is Greg Rucker, Mike Perkins, uh, teaming up with uh, Paul Mounts on colors. And um, this is a story about yeah, like I guess Lois Lane as a reporter. Um, getting getting in getting herself in deeper and deeper water and getting herself in trouble and lying to different people to get story and teaming up with um, Renee Montoya. Um, on paper, this is everything I want in a comic. I love the character of Lois Lane. I love Renee Montoya. I love Greg Rucker. Um, but there's just something about this series that is not connecting with me at all. And uh, maybe it's just a case of me waiting until either six issues are collected or the entire thing is finished and I'll go back and read it then. But uh, I think I'm going to drop off it now. Unfortunately, not for me at this, at this point in my life. Uh, Event Leviathan, though, six-issue mystery thriller, thriller written by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev on art, also features Lois Lane. A lot of Lois at DC at the moment. That is a very good thing. Uh, so Event Leviathan is all the, all the secret organizations in the DC universe have been brought down by Leviathan, and Batman, Green Arrow, Plastic Man, The Question, and Lois Lane all think, and, uh, and Robin, Damien, all think that the Red Hood... Is, uh, is behind it, Jason Todd. Um, and so this is them fighting and failing Jason Todd against Taylor, Jason Todd. Um, and uh, the only one who kind of gets through to him and gets any information out of him is Lois Lane. Um, and uh, we then kind of... We, we, he, he's like, do you know where Amanda Waller is right now? And uh, Amanda Waller, maybe this whole thing is on her fo- is, uh, is her fault. <clears throat> um, I think Amanda Waller is like one of the best characters in DC just because she is just someone that she's like Luke's Lex Luthor times 10 in terms of like being kind of evil, but getting away with it. Um, and uh, this kind of, yeah, I guess sees her chickens come to roost if I'm using the term right. Um, and only to be saved by Superman at the end of this issue. So it's cool seeing um, Brian Bendis, you know, after doing some Superman issues, um, really utilizing so many of the characters in, in DC, this is the kind of event book that I love where it's just so many different characters that you never really see um, hanging out and, and, uh, and getting into some hijinks. Um, I'm enjoying this a lot more than anything else Bendis has done for DC so far. So, uh, yeah, that's a recommend from me. Um, I Look, no one tells Siobhan. Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp have been doing... It's the 10th issue of The Green Lantern and it's uh, Grant Morrison just getting totally wacky and doing wild space bullshit in this one, he introduces uh, ten different multiverse versions of Green Lantern. One of them, one of whom is like a weed-smoking hippie. One of whom is like Batman, um, and they're, of course they're teaming up with Hal Jordan. Uh, and it's like kind of fun. 
I just kind of don't care. I feel like an, an, an ongoing thread hasn't really emerged yet. And every time I read an issue of this, it just feels like I'm reading a new first issue. And I, it's a hard, it's hard to get excited for it every time I see it in my stack. So I might be dropping off this one too. Look, I made it through 10 issues. And uh, I think that, that, that's what qualifies as a red hot go or a green hot go. Uh, finally from DC is Deceased. Um, you know, you can tell Siobhan this because uh, I was the one who didn't like the first issue of Deceased by Tom Taylor and Trevor Hairsign. Um, but uh, then she told me with the second issue to get back on it, there's like a weird techno virus that's turning uh, everyone in the DC universe into zombies. Um, and so there's a few, there's a little coalition of heroes who have not yet been, not yet looked at a, tele, a, a telephone. And so they're safe. They haven't been turned into flesh eating evil zombies. And, uh, they're the ones trying to save save who, whoever's left and maybe reverse this uh, awful techno virus. But something catastrophic happens at the end of this issue and maybe none of them even survive it. So I don't know where Tom Taylor is going with this story, um, but I am damn glad that I'm here for it because it is uh, a ton of fun. And again, just like it's fun to see Bendis use so many different DC characters uh, in uh, in Event Leviathan, it's really fun to see Tom Taylor use so many different characters in Deceased. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. It's actually been three weeks since I uh, hit stop on that last uh, segment. So I think I just talked about DC Comics. Yeah, it's been three weeks. In that time, uh, I have bought a house, which is cool and also extremely stressful. Um, And uh, I've I've organized, I've curated and and run a food and music festival in Sydney, uh, which was also stressful and a lot of work. And the last thing I felt like doing was sitting down and talking about comics by myself. It's crazy to think that uh, that wouldn't be appealing to me in any way when I'm fatigued at all. But now you know. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm slept well. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, it feels good to, to be a homeowner. Um, not, many, not many people from my generation 
can say that and it feels surreal to be able to say that <laughs> um but here we are let's talk about comics let's start talking about houses houses are so boring and stressful and you gotta do so much but anyway marvel comics let's talk about marvel comics that are over a month old now house of x number two jonathan hickman continuing his uh excellent run uh on uh on his on the x-men properties it's so good just that there's just two x-men books at the moment and i wish that was just the norm from here on in um but uh whatever i know they've got to try and make as much money as possible and i know what it's like to want to buy a house and everyone at marvel wants to buy a house and uh, we should be supportive of them and their decisions to release 400 comic books a week in order to allow all their staff to do that (coughs) house of x number two with art by pepe laraz uh this is the one, I'm sure you've all read like six issues of these series by now, but this is the one where everyone's like, oh my God, this series is uh, going to do some great things. This is the issue all about Moira, um, who is a uh, someone that's important to Professor X and always has been in, uh, in, in X-Men history. But in this, God, it's been a while since I read it now, but uh, in this issue, we learn the many lives of Moira X. And uh, so basically, we, we they've retconned it so that Moira is a mutant who has lived... Uh, at this, at this point, 10 different lives. And every time she, uh, she dies, she resets and lives another life. Um, and uh, it turns out that she is now going to be integral to the plot. She's the reason that the uh, mutants are currently as doing as well as they are in um, House of X. Um, and uh, also she's directly linked to the mutants we see in the future in Powers of X. This is just a phenomenal issue that I think if you are like, oh, do I want to go in and read uh, what what Hickman is doing with the X-Men properties? I think this is definitely the issue that like, you know, you should dip your toe in. This is the water that you dip your toe into. However that phrase works. Um, House of X2, like a really, really exciting issue with so many cool ideas and uh, just indicative of like why I love Hickman so much. Uh, of course, there's all kinds of insane back matter and graphs, and um, we have like an actual visual timeline. Uh, sorry, uh, multiple timelines of all of the many lives that Mora has left le- le- lived, and uh, what happened during those lives. Um, those kind of things are so appreciated, appreciated, and I hope they collect them all for the trade releases. But uh, yeah, so that's House of X number two. I've also read Powers of X two and three. So these are both six uh, issue limited series. Uh, Powers of X has art by um, R.B. Silver, um, who I, I, I really enjoy here in, um, in Popularize. I think they were both... Shut up, Siri. Um, I think they were both uh, artists on one of those those weekly Avengers series that I quite liked. The ones from like a year ago. I don't remember what they were called. Oh, shit. Also, I should update everyone. Hey, I remembered that I was trying to think of Norman Osborn. So thanks to everyone who was pulling out their hair. Um, in my head, you've been pulling out your hair for three weeks, even though it's only been probably 20 minutes since I couldn't remember who Norman Osborn's last name was. Whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, um, the Powers of X stuff I wasn't enjoying as much as House of X because it is all the kind of future timeline nonsense, which, you know, normally is a lot of fun. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so excited about uh, all, all what's going on in House of X. I want to know what's happening now, not what is going to be retconned in the future. Uh, but... I love that they managed to tie in that story with Moira, who shows up in uh, issue three of Powers of X. And uh, very excited to see how these two um, miniseries tie into each other in the future. Really cool stuff. <coughs> Silver, Silver Black, issue number three. Donny Cates, Tradmore, Dave Stewart. It's a beautiful looking book. It's a real fun issue to read. Um, this great epic story. Um, that's, you know, really, really embraces uh, the insane kind of cosmic past of of silver surfer 
Um, it's probably the best Silver Surfer has looked since um, since uh, maybe Mobius. Mobius drew his uh, had his take on on the character many many years ago. Um, you know how much we love Tradmore over at Serious Issues. Um, and it looks like, you know, I, I can't believe it lasted this long before we got him face to face with, uh, an old friend, if you want to call him a friend, but it looks like, of course, this series is going to, uh, pit Silver Surfer back in the sights of, uh, um, Galactus, who was once the life bringer, but now I think he's back to his old planet sucking ways. It's fun. It's a very fun ride. It's good to read a Donny Cates book again that I really love. I feel like I kind of lost, got lost, uh, trying to follow what he was doing with Guardians of the Galaxy and Venom. But uh, this is fun. And I think I, I prefer him when he's on a miniseries, I guess, overall. Uh, the opposite of a miniseries is uh, the long, was it five, six, seven, eight years uh, stretch that Jason Aaron has been doing on Thor. Uh, it is coming. I think it's coming to an end by the time I'm recording right now, but I've not read the final issue. This is issue number 15, um, which is written by Jason Aaron with art by Mike Telmondo. Okay. Hey, Siri, shut up. Very weird. I've, I've, I have a HomePod and I have a watch and both of them have decided to try and uh, be guests on this podcast so far. Uh, it's really fun. You should get Apple products, guys. They talk to you all the time, even when you're recording, recording podcasts. So it's, it's almost like having a co-host. Um, but uh, issue 15 of Thor um, showed what happens to Malekith um, post the... Uh, the big War of the Realms event. Um, and I thought that was a really, really sweet, like, you know, it, it, it pulls a switcheroo. Malekith, uh, Malekith thinks that something is horrible is happening to the worst, the, the only good part of, of him. But, uh, but there's a nice kind of like uh, trick that only the audience sees at the end of the issue. It basically shows how he's going to suffer after um, his uh, many, many atrocities during this war. Um, we also get a, a bit of nice uh, kind of setup for Loki series. Um, but it's a nice kind of farewell to Loki in this in this uh, in this issue as well. Um, really good. I'm really looking forward to reading that final issue. Um, and then uh, I've I've been collecting all of Jason Aaron's Thor run, and uh, I think with King Thor, which I believe comes out this week, um, this that'll finally be the last thing I need to collect from this series. I'm, I've stopped collecting Valkyrie. I'm going to read it. I'm not collecting it anymore. Uh, one of the things that you'll find when you uh, when you move house is that um, physical media is just like kilos upon kilos upon metric tons of, uh, of, of guilt. You're like, oh, I, I, look, I, I can't explain to you, my loved ones, why I need so much of this thing, but it's something that I have and I don't want to ever get rid of it. So this is now your burden too. Um, and you knew what you're getting into, um, but <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for who I was. I'm just going to try and be a better person going forward. But yes, try and uh, decrease the amount of physical media you you, uh, you you take on, especially when you have others in your life. So many, so much wisdom in this episode. <laughs> I miss Siobhan so much. <laughs> uh, issue 22 of Avengers, another one by Jason Aaron with uh, art by, um, oh, God damn it, Stefano Caselli. Um, this is a, a cool one about... Ghost Rider. I love how Ghost Rider is so integral to like the kind of. I just love the way that actually all of the uh, characters on this Avengers team are given like a lot to do. Um, but I like how focused in on, on Ghost Rider it is. Of course, this is the, the Ghost Rider that uh, that rides a, that drives a car, Robbie, and uh, he doesn't want to be a Ghost Rider anymore. He wants to be separated uh, from the, the 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 Hell Force beneath him. Um, and so they they call on Damon Hellstrom to come and uh, exercise uh, Ghost Rider of his demon, uh, but that ain't going to happen without a fight 
or a race. So he has to uh, race the spirit of vengeance in hell. Um, motorbike versus hot rod. Um, so that'll be in the next issue, which is very exciting. Plus, we uh, we see something very, very ancient that suggests that an Iron Man-esque figure existed um, millions, one million years ago, um, around the same time as the uh, awesome, fun Avengers 1 million BC. Whatever. Was it called 1 million BC? I assume so, um, but that's fun. Good fun stuff. Avengers comics should be fun. Hey, speaking of Valkyrie, Jane Foster Valkyrie, that is. Jason Aaron is writing this uh, series with Al Ewing, um, and uh, Cafu is the artist on this one. And uh, this very fun uh, issue uh, pits uh, Valkyrie versus Bullseye, which is a very unlikely uh, matchup. Uh, and uh, what makes Valkyrie special is... Uh, Jane Foster can now see when people are going to die. And so that is how she views the world. And she tries to save people from imminent death or, you know, sees long-term death. Uh, she can also guide fallen heroes uh, through to Valhalla. And so the ongoing uh, story here is that she's going into a journey into mystery uh, with a very well-known uh, Thor character. I guess you could call him an Asgardian, a very, very famous Asgardian who I won't spoil who it is because they may be dead. But uh, I really, really enjoying this one. Again, another fun one, a, a lot more like uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers style of fun than his kind of very um, mythical Thor stuff. Um, the Immortal Hulk, issue number 22 by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, just continues to be one of, if not the best book Marvel is putting out right now. Um, there's just so many characters in this story now. Um, you have, uh, you have uh, like, you know, lots of people from, from Hulk's past um, all kind of coming together. And often th- th- there are scenes featuring everyone except the Hulk in it, um, which is fun. Um, and uh, it still is like this great mix of horror and action comic. Uh, I'm really loving it. I'm sure I don't really need to sell anyone else on this book. It is, it's a must read. And uh, one of the few superhero must reads um, at the moment, I reckon. I'm also really enjoying um, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil. Um, he just wrapped up No Devil's Only Good. Um, Chip Zdarsky is writing this one. Uh, the Unfortunately, the art is changing pretty frequently. So we have uh, Lalit Kumar Sharma uh, on um, issue nine. And then we have uh, Jorge, Jorge Fornes uh, on issue 10. And they're both great artists, but um, they uh, have pretty different styles of art. Um, so it would be, it would be nice if they kind of you know let the artists. I mean, especially Chip being an artist himself, if he was able to like put his foot down and be like, we need this needs to be come out less regularly, so the artists can uh, you know the one artist can take his time and, and and give the pages the time that they deserve to get the level of quality art that they deserve. But uh, you know, Marvel, like I said earlier, they need to buy some houses, and this is the only way how. Um, I can't even, I can't remember what's happening in Daredevil. It's just solid. I really loved Jorge Fornes's uh, art. Um, it reminded me a lot of David Ayer's work on uh, Hawkeye. Um, and uh, congratulations to Chip Zdarsky for making it 10 issues into a Daredevil series before having Elektra show up. They haven't fucked yet, so uh, we can only assume that'll happen in, in the, within the first panel of uh, issue 11. Runaways, issue number 23. Again, another Marvel one where, where it's like, what else do I need to say at this point? I love this book I have for the last 22 issues, so why wouldn't I also love issue 23? Um, and this is written by Rainbow Rahl, um, with uh, 
continuing art by Andre Genolet. Um, Colors by Matthew Wilson is a great team. Um, and uh, Runaways is a great team too. You may have seen teased that um, Marvel have a new superhero team that they've been teasing. And uh, yeah, it's been revealed that, su- that runaway- the Runaways are going to try their hand at being superheroes finally. <clears throat> and so these this current arc is what leads us to that point. And it's a lot of fun because obviously some of them are far more keen on the idea while others are, are very, very opposed to it. And uh, this is a great comic about arguing. So you know it's going to be the good shit. That's it for Marvel until I like open up the bag of comics next to my bed, which uh, features at the moment two weeks worth. And I believe there's another week waiting for me at King's. Uh, but uh, whatever. Look, you'll get it soon. Um, actually, you know, at this point, I should give a big shout out to um, uh, Robert Sheridan um, at Crash Sheridan on Twitter. He's from Philly. And uh, he's been listening to the show since the beginning. And he actually wrote to me and said, yo, just wondering if my favorite comic book podcast will have a new episode any- anytime soon. I appreciate all the effort that goes into every show, but I'm greedy and I want as many episodes as possible. Uh, yeah, so if that was five days ago. And if it wasn't for him, I would have waited a- another week. <laughs> I-, I-, I literally have had such a small amount of time that... And this this and being a show that, that I now do on my own while I, wait, while I give Siobhan a a break to work on figuring out how to fucking function with two children. Uh, Been there, done that. It sucked. Um, But it takes about three years, which is exactly the amount of time it's been uh, since I had two children to, to figure it out. So uh, hopefully we'll get Siobhan before that point. Uh, But it is really, really hard to kind of work out that this is something that I need to do because I, I feel like I talk to so few people about it. I forget who actually listens to it. I forget who even wants it. So if you do, uh, you know, want to have this podcast be more regular, uh, best thing to do is do what Robert did. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, or uh, over at Facebook. We have a, a Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Talk about the show with me and uh, I'll remember that it's a thing that exists and I will remember to record it more often. Um, it doesn't even need to be about weekly comics. I'm, I'm constantly reading still. Like, that's the thing. I feel like at the end of last year, I was just over the concept of comics. Um, and uh, since we restructured the show to a monthly record and I'm not forcing myself to read comics I'm not interested in, uh, I, I love them again. Um, I'm, I have less on my plate that I, that I read for the show and more things that I'm just reading that I would love to talk about anyway. So, uh, yeah, look, if you want more episodes, talk to me. Let's, I'm open to it in the future. Anyway, other publishers right now, Five Years by Terry Moore. This is the coming together of all of Terry Moore's incredible comic book properties. So you have Strangers in Paradise, you have Echo, you have Rachel Rising, and you have uh, Motor Girl all coming together with the, uh, the concept that the Earth is going to end in five years unless all of these characters band together and stop the, stop the government from destroying the world. Uh, and... Uh, much like some of the runaways are reluctant to uh, to become superheroes, some of the characters in these very different series are reluctant to abandon their families to help save the world. And uh, I really, really, I love the different points of view on this series. Um, Terry Moore is a fantastic um, artist, but he's also like, first and foremost for me, like the reason I love his stuff so much is that he's such a great character writer. Um, and uh, often... I feel like what, what made me fall in love with Strangers in Paradise, for example, is that uh, he writes very small scale stories at the start of that run. It gets much bigger uh, towards the end. But, uh, you know, so you fall in love with, with the characters and you just you can, you can watch them do gardening, uh, read about them, you know, garden and, and, and clean the house. And that's interesting. So to have them now dealing with like the end of the world 
Uh, it's riveting stuff. It's brilliantly written. It looks great. He's got excellent black and white pencils and inks are just some of the best in the business. And uh, uh, I'm very grateful that a series like this exists, even though it's pretty morbid. Uh, she Could Fly, The Lost Pilot, the sequel to She Could Fly by Christopher Cantwell, Martin Morazzo, and Miroslav Merva that comes out through Burger Books on uh, Dark Horse. It had its fifth and final issue until uh, we get a third series, which I think they tease at the end of this. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, yeah, the, the final page says the end, question mark. Uh, so that's good. Um, I reckon we will get a third thing. But, of course, this is someone, uh, this deals with a, a teenage girl who uh, has an, a, a disorder that allows her, doesn't allow her, she is forced to hear horrible voices in her head at all times, telling her that the worst thing is going to happen or that the worst thing has happened and it's all her fault and she thinks horrible, violent thoughts about everyone in her life. Um, but this uh, this sequel uh, to the excellent uh, initial four issues uh, kind of added a love interest for her, which I thought was handled really well. Um, plus, it, it it introduced it brought back all of the storylines from the first four issues and added a bunch of new ones and updated us with like all these crazy different storylines for featuring the characters uh, in this world. Um, it's as it's as awful and violent and as lovely and sweet as the first series uh, if you can imagine all those four things together um and now that it's finished um if you were someone that only read the trade of the first series definitely pick up the trade for this it was as good as the original and uh, i think will read really well as a trade um because there are so many different threads of story <laughs> i assume you all yelled out bless you and I appreciate that. Uh, there are so many different threads of story in this sequel that I think it will be fun to read it all in one hit so you get a little less lost. But uh, yeah, man, massive fan of Christopher Cantwell. I think he has a new series out now through Dark Horse called um, Everything, which I'm looking forward to picking up from uh, Kings when they go there later this week. Uh, speaking of Dark Horse, uh, probably the, their most popular series, Black Hammer at the moment, uh, is uh, teaming up with Justice League. So it's a Dark Horse and DC comic come together. It's called Hammer of Justice with Jeff Lemire and Michael Walsh. And it's just okay. It's not bad by any means. I definitely enjoyed this second issue a lot more than the first issue because it expanded the universe, the DC universe. And so you see a lot more of the Black Hammer characters. Like there's a, a brilliant... Um, uh, meet up between uh, John Stewart, the Green Lantern, and uh, and Colonel Weird, uh, that I thought was the highlight of the issue. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, th- th- there's a fun tease in the final issue too. It's definitely something I'm enjoying reading. But I think it's uh, it's 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 far from the greatness that is regular Black Hammer. Um, Heathen is a book uh, that is published by uh, Vault. Um, and uh, it's written by Natasha, written and drawn by Natasha Alterici with letters by Rachel Deering. It looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, we've been raving about it since it started many years ago. Um, it is a, a book kind of, it, it could almost be like a, a, this could just be a journey into mystery series over at Marvel if Marvel had the fucking balls to let this happen. Uh, because this is, uh, it's a, a book about, uh, like an, an Asgardian um, woman who uh, is uh, ostracized because she uh, has feelings for other women and acts on them. And uh, so she is banished. Um, and uh, this is kind of about her journey back into, back into Asgard, I guess, um, teaming up with different other uh, Norse gods and, and other Norse uh, mythological figures. Uh, and uh, it's a really beautiful written and drawn book. And I, I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's my, my favorite book that, that, that Vault published for sure. And I'm glad that it's uh, coming back in, mo- in monthly format. Finally, 
uh, from other publishers. And I've got some more stuff to talk about. Don't you worry. Didn't make you wait three weeks for nothing. Usagi Yojimbo is now published by IDW. And it's Color, the final issue of the first arc, Bunraku, finished. And it was a uh, one that dealt with um, supernatural themes, which is not what this uh, samurai bunny rabbit usually does. Uh, of course, this is written and drawn by Stan Sakai. And this saw um, Usagi... Um, the traveling uh, bunny, satis- sorry, bunny rabbit uh, samurai, uh, hang out with an old friend and go watch some uh, Japanese marionette theater. But turns out the puppets are possessed by evil spirits, and so this uh, this fun little intro to uh, to the Usagi Yojimbo world for IDW readers um, was fun. It looks great. The colors are excellent. Uh, I was a bit dubious of you know are these colors going to look as uh, as good as the regular black and whites and they're not too distracting uh, i think it's, it's they're really we're quite well done though by tom luth i think he did a great job i don't know if a, a, a kind of fun goofy uh spooky marionette puppet uh short story is the best intro to this series um, i'm hoping they, they dial it back a bit but as someone that's read many many usagi ojimbo stories before this one uh it was fun very different to the last one i read which was all about uh the introduction of christianity to feudal japan which, as you can imagine, extremely different to uh, Haunted Puppets. Or is it? That's it for other publishers, but I have some even more other publishers, some locally produced local Australian comics, <coughs> including the latest um, in uh, one of our favourite and friend of the show's uh, uh, anthology called Meet Me in the Pit. Um, this is uh, issue three of Meet Me in the Pit, and I'm pulling it out of its plastic wrap now. Uh, it has an excellent pink and blue uh, color, but then the insides are all black and white. It's edited and uh, curated by Chris Neal, who was a guest on Serious Issues uh, many, many months ago. Uh, he's asked if he can come back and do an episode with me about Shonen Jump in the future, which I'm all for. Uh, but uh, this basically is a, uh, an anthology comic all about music um, and uh, the different writer and artists, um, their, their experiences with music. Um, so you have a number of... Uh, kind of very personal comics about uh, short comics about, you know, uh, uh, an experience watching a band or hearing a song for the first time or trying to be in a band. Some of them are funny. Some of them are sad. Some of them are very arty. Um, some of them are kind of like strip comics. Some of them are, you know, just, just one page with a, with an idea on it. Um, and that is what an anthology should be all about. Like just a whole bunch of crazy different stories from very, very different writers and artists with different ideas. Uh, I think this is actually my favorite of the three uh, Meet Me in the Pits so far. And uh, if you want to buy one, uh, head over to uh, Google Meet Me in the Pit Blueprint Comics. You should have a website on here by now, Chris. Come on, dog. What's going on? Um, but uh, there was some there was some excellent um, excellent contributions to this issue, uh, and I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope we get another one because they're good. I really appreciate this series. As someone that like yeah, I'm always a bit like oh no, they're talking about music in a in a regular comic. To read an anthology of comics that are specially made to talk about music, it, it's a nice, better feeling. Um, I also got sent two zines. Although they're, they're pretty pretty high class, high quality zines. Uh, mini comics. Uh, a friend of mine who, would you believe, I used to draw comics with when I was uh, in high school and just out of high school, um, Dominic Proust, who uh, he chose the noble path of continuing to draw. Um, and in fact, if you want to see his excellent artwork, excellent and highly amusing artwork, you can go to, let's find him. I think it's Dom underscore in underscore eight. Um, in Australia, we have this great thing called 
drawing dicks on the Herald Sun, which is uh, the Herald Sun is Melbourne's right wing newspaper in Sydney. We call it the Daily Telegraph, and uh, some very funny guys, Larry Boxall, who used to. Um, host a uh, awesome po- uh, comic book podcast that got me into the idea of doing a comic book podcast non-canonical uh, he he was he spearheaded this basically he even like he even put on like like art gallery shows but basically people find like you know a stupid article in uh, in the Herald Sun or another newspaper and using white out pencils inks whatever have you they uh, they draw big fantastic penises uh, all over these articles and uh, Dom was a many time contributor to the uh, drawing dicks in the Herald Sun collections uh, which are near and dear to my heart but uh, there's significantly less penises uh, in the comics that Dom sent me um, one of them he sent me was uh, Hash Brown comics. Um, and when I was a kid, I would go to like zine fairs and art shows and I would just like, I would have like, you know, $20 budget and I would buy 10 $2 comics or like, you know, seven $3 comics. Don't do the maths on that. Uh, and, uh, they would be like often like anthologies of like lots of different friends working together. So hash Brown comics number three <coughs> features about 12 different contributors. And Dom is one of them. Uh, he wrote, he wrote probably my favorite comic, uh, in here. Um, because I, 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 you know, when you haven't seen anyone in a long while, but he, they are someone that you have, like, I disassociate. We used to play a game where you, like, one of us would draw something on a piece of paper, then you, you would actually do, you, you would do a panel. So you would do, like, let's say an eight, an eight grid panel layout. And so he would draw the first panel, and then I would draw the second panel, he would draw the third, fourth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, passing back and forth. He was a significantly better artist than me, uh, which is probably why he's still drawing and I'm not. Um, but I, I might, I might, I'll try and find them because they're really, really great. But he did a uh, a great uh, two page comic in this uh, in this issue of Hash Brown Comics, called, in which he calls a, a place of employment and uh, tries to get a day off for a sick day, um, which uh, just reminded me of him in the best way possible. Um, also, when he sent me the uh, latest issue of Hash Brown Comics, he sent me a, uh, a an anthology of horror um, called Unfellow, and Unfellow um, has. Uh, has a couple of um, short short stories and comics in, in it. Um, Dom did uh, the cover art, and then he also did one of the comics within it. But the majority of these uh, comics in here are by an artist called Tatiana Davidson, and they are so good. They're so funny and um, like just like really really fun. A little bit creepy, but fun and kind of silly horror comics. Um, it's called Unfellow. Um, there's five. Five stories of surreal horror to read in the middle of the night in an empty house, um, and it's got excellent art. It's got gr- they're really great, really great inks and like uh, it's all black and white, but it's really really well done. Great tones and use of shadows in all, in all the art. Um, and uh, yeah, Dom did one of one of the stories too um, about mummification. <coughs> Super duper fun. Um, I love like short horror stories. I just read a Junji Ito. Um, the the Japanese artist, an anthology of uh, a bunch of his horror comics, uh, which I loved, um, and Unfollow Unfollow was a great little um, companion piece to that, a nice little bookend to uh, my foray into uh, Japanese horror. Um, so speaking of Japanese comics, let's let's do a little bit of manga, because uh, as you may have guessed uh, from listening to the last few issues, it's kind of all I read now. Uh, I am two volumes into Twentieth Century Boys by Naoki Urasawa. And um, he is uh, he's one of the most beloved mangakas. Um, you would know him from men- multiple mentions of uh, on, on, 
on serious issues in the, in the past years because Siobhan has read a, read a ton of his things. Uh, but he's the he's the writer of Monster, Pluto, Yawara, or Yarawa, um, and uh, 20th Century Boys, I guess is his, his best known work, um, which I am, yeah, two volumes in. I just started the third volume last night. Um, I, uh, I've got these uh, these beautiful volumes. What are they called? They're called like... The editions have a really, really cool name that I wish I... The Perfect Edition. So this is the perfect edition of uh, of uh, 20th Century Boys and each edition has 20 chapters in it. I got them from Madman, which you can uh, check out. They have sales all the time. Madman.com.au. A great way to buy uh, manga trades and, and anime statues and, that, and the like. Uh, but yeah, 20th Century Boys is one of the greatest things I've ever read. And normally I would burn through... Like I read a lot of stupid Shonen Jump. Not, sorry, still stupid, but it is it is it is not challenging reading. I'll, I'll put I'll put it that way. It's a very very fun and often silly. It is it is stories targeted at at teenage boys, and uh, obviously it's you know not in, not only for teenage boys. Anyone can read them, but that's the that's the target demographic. Um, and uh, sometimes they'll have moments where I'm like, why am I reading this? And then continue to read another 300 chapters of it. But uh, I'm taking my time with this one. Normally, I burn through all the Shonen Jump stuff. This one I'm reading maybe like one one of these editions over two weeks or so like that. And uh, it's a book about, I guess, uh, without spoiling too much, it is about a cult that's starting um, at, at the turn of uh, uh, the century. Because it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's towards the... It's, it's set in the, it, this, was, this came out in the 90s. It started, at, sorry, in the, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Um, I can tell you that exactly when, when he started it. How about that? I bet you don't have Wikipedia at your house. Um, 1999 to 2006. Um, so basically, um, yeah, it's, it's set in the late 1990s, but there's flashbacks to the late 1960s. And uh, rock and roll uh, plays a, uh, a big part in this series. In fact, um, the, the name 20th Century Boys is also the name of a T-Rex song, which is an excellent song. Um, and uh, yeah, so in, in, the, in the late 90s, uh, we have Kenji, who is the main character of this, who is looking after his, uh, his missing sister's baby while he also tries to run a convenience store that his family has looked after his entire life and uh, he's not doing a very good job of running it. Um, and uh, all the while, while he's trying to survive, um, there is a cult starting, uh, starts in Tokyo um, and uh, starts to kind of... Uh, as, as you read more and more of the book, the cult is spreading around the world and uh, they are responsible for some awful things happening around the world too. And uh, Kenji learns um, throughout the first volume that he is a lot more directly linked and especially things that he came up with when, a ki- when he was a kid uh, to this cult. And in fact, he may know the person who is uh, running the cult and the cult may have, the whole, the whole thing may have only been started uh in, in response to something Kenji did as a child It's crazy fun I've never read a story like this before Like obviously because you have like the Kind of 60s flashback to now Kind of thing It feels like stand by me a little bit um, But uh, besides that I can't think of any like immediate Thing to compare it to um, Urasawa's art is brilliant It's so it, it tells the story so well But the writing in this is, is the reason to, to pick it up uh, It's a brilliant Thriller um, and I can't think of any other like, you know, like excellent kind of manga thrillers that I've read so far. Normally they're all, you know, dumb adventure boy stories. <laughs> I'm really shitting on Shonen Jump considering I read, read so much of it, but this is, you know, this is a cut above is what I'm trying to say. 
And uh, I think there's there's four volumes of the perfect editions of 20th Century Boys out right now. Um, as I said, each of them contains uh, 20 chapters. And I think that it ran for it ran for about 10 years. No, sorry, I already said that, didn't I? It ran for from 2000... Oh, man, I fucked this up so bad. 1999 to 2006, so seven years. And then there's a little sequel, a follow-up called 21st Century Boys. So I'm... I'm trying to hold back. I'm, I'm going I'm to try and read this at a nice leisurely pace and really seep, suck, seep in the story really well uh, because I know at some point I'm going to uh, go past the point that they've collected these perfect editions of and I really want to read all the perfect editions. They're, they're gorgeous. They're so, they're so well put together um, and I'm going to have to hold myself back from trying to uh, either borrow someone else's copies of the earlier editions or read it digitally somehow. Um, this is the way I want to read it. It's really, really good and I highly recommend... Uh, if anyone's looking for a fun and very different new story, especially if they're like cool thrillers, pick up 20th Century Boys. The second volume just ramped things up significantly and it was so cool. Um, so I said Shonen Jump a minute ago uh, and uh, while I was semi-insulting in the way I was describing it, uh, it is, like I said in previous episodes, the Shonen Jump app changed my life this year uh, because it uh, gave me access first and foremost to One Piece, which I read all 900 and something uh, chapters of in four months. And then since then, I have caught up on... Uh, I'll go through all my favorites. So there's One Piece. I'll read that one first. So every week... The thing about Shonen Jump is it's, it's a weekly uh, comic book... Man- it's a weekly manga series. It's a, it's a magazine that uh, you, you get... Um, I think it comes out every Sunday. And uh, within it are updated chapters for multiple different stories that are serialized in Shonen Jump. So I read uh, One Piece first. Then I read um, The Promised Neverland which is an awesome book about uh, kids in an orphanage in, a, uh, in, a, in an awful future version of our world involving demons. Um, I don't want to spoil because like, the, the joy of reading these series is like for the most part, I don't know what happens in any of them. So even the first chapter is full of fun twists and turns. Promise Neverland is really, really great. Dr. Stone is uh, a very, very fun and stupid uh, book about science uh, in which opens with... Um, everyone on earth being turned into stone statues and then awakening thousands, awakening thousands of years later um, are our two heroes. Um, and uh, it's about them kind of rebuilding society and uh, it favors science over might and, and brawn, um, which is, you know, a, a nice kind of flip on, on what we normally get in a Shonen Jump adventure story. I'm a massive fan of Demon Slayer or Kimetsu no Yaiba, which is also kind of, I think maybe the best animated the best anime series uh, coming out at the moment, at least the best animated too. Um, I love My Hero Academia, and even more so, I love uh, the, the spin-off series, My Hero Academia. What's it called? I'm not sure I understand. Shut up, Siri. I've told you before. You're not allowed on this show. I'm waiting for Siobhan. Um, it's called uh, Vigilantes, and I really like that too. That's a lot of fun. It's like, um, that, that's so My Hero Academia is uh, all about, it's almost like a, a, a manga take on an X-Men series about a bunch of like teenage kids going to a school to learn how to be heroes. <laughs> but then the vigilantes, as you could guess is uh, for um, three heroes that uh, are, they're not registered. Um, they're not going to school. They're just trying to be heroic outside and, and, and keep to themselves and uh, not get arrested for being heroes. But uh, it also, t- it's like a prequel series to the regular My Hero Academia. So you have a lot of characters um, before you see them in, uh, in the main series show up in this. It's lots of fun. Um, a series that I was very reluctant to try out after I read the first issue, uh, Chainsaw Man, 
um, which is a book all about like demons. A lot of these are about demons. Um, a guy, uh, a kid who um, inherits the debts of his father has to um, kill demons for money. And then he ends up being killed by the people that he is trying to get money back to. But a demon bonds with him and the demon is a chainsaw demon. So he becomes a chainsaw man with a chainsaw in his face. It is so stupid. I mean, a majority of these, uh, you know, books for Japanese teenage boys are incredibly horny, uh, which is very appealing. <laughs> Uh, and this one is absolutely horny as fuck. Um, but, uh, there's something really sweet and endearing about it. And the art is great. And then all of a sudden you get five issues in the story starts to, to tell, you know, you can burn through five chapters of this manga in, 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 in 10 minutes, you know, it's, 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 it's not a hard read at all, which is why it's so appealing to read when you are tired or stressed or whatever. It's just a fun way to end your day. Um, but yeah, the, the, the big story now is like, it's really fun and kind of gruesome and sad uh, it's it's great. It's indicative of why I like all of these uh, these shonen stories. Um, a guilty pleasure is one called Beast Children, which is all about. Um, I, I've I've been reading um, Haikyuu as well, which is a a, a volleyball manga. Um, because I remember when we were talking about Fence, which was the uh, the fencing comic book that we loved on Serious Issues a couple a couple months ago. Uh, just wrapped up um, and they're going to move, make the move to trade. But uh, Siobhan often said this is just like a, a Western sports manga. And uh, I was like, oh, I have to put that on my to-do list, read a sports manga. So Haikyuu is, a, you know, 300 and something chapters in. Uh, but I also t- started reading Beast Children, which at the moment is, uh, is 15 issues in. And yeah, it's all about um, a young boy who wants to, le- wants to play rugby union, but as it's a relatively obscure sport in Japan, uh, only v- very few schools um, allow you to, to to play it. And so he goes to one of the few schools that uh, that has rugby in their curriculum. Um, and he's like a little short kid, um, as is the norm for your you know pr- protagonist in a sports manga. Um, but against all odds, this little kid, he tackles the biggest, most camp shirtless men um, who are apparently 14 years old. <laughs> Um, and uh, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Um, the art isn't quite as good as all the other manga series that I mentioned so far, um, but uh, it's it's fun. It's very endearing, and uh, the story is quite sweet too. I'm a big fan of One Punch Man. I'm sure you know all about that. Uh, and then I've been dipping in and out of uh, some other newer manga mangas um, that Shonen Jump are putting out. Um, Double Taisei is like just a batshit insane book about... Uh, a guy with split personality disorder. So his two personalities, one wakes up at night, the other exists during the day. But every every day, the two of them play a... Uh, so like before going to bed, he'll make a move in this like Japanese game called Taisei. Um, and like, yeah, it's like a, a kind of like a tile, Japanese tile game. And so they've been playing the same game together for like multiple years and they each make one move before they go to bed and pass on their body to the other person. It's insane. Um, and it's one of those ones where, and often a lot of these are like that, where you're like, do I like this or is this just too weird that I can't stop reading it? Um, Tokyo Shinobi Squad, I'm going to drop that one was kind of like just way too generic feeling. I mean, even the name is extremely generic. Samurai 8, The Tale of Hachimaru is uh, by the same writer of um, Naruto, Naruto, Masashi Kishimoto, um, but it has uh, one of his... Uh, Someone who is like, you know, I guess like one of his assistants is now the uh, artist in this one, Akira Okubo. And I love the art, but this is a, 
hasn't grabbed me yet. It's a story about a kid learning to become a samurai. Um, and uh, there's lots of crazy future tech in this. Um, I think it's one of those ones where I'm reading it and I'm like, what? how come I'm just not reading Naruto instead of this? So that is on the cards. I might make the switch to reading some old stuff again. Um, a bunch of new ones started just in the last couple of weeks. One was called Mitama Security Spirit Busters, which was just too stupid. <laughs> and then uh, similarly was uh, Mission Yozakura Family, in which uh, there is a, a family of spies like after losing their parents, it's like a bunch of siblings who are who are like super powered spies, and the eldest brother kills anyone who uh, gets close to the youngest sister, um, and uh, the protagonist of this is like someone that's gone to school with the youngest sister since he was a kid, who gets too close, and uh, the older brother tries to kill him, but in order to save him, um, the younger sister offers our protagonist her hand in marriage. And they wear rings. And now that they're married, the older brother has to protect his brother-in-law. It's stupid. It's stupid. I don't think I need to read any more of that. But uh, look, maybe a few months from now, everyone will be like, hey, it actually got good. And I'll check it out more. So that is it. That is a a whole bunch of comic talk for you. Sorry for the wait. Um, I've I've already got three more weeks of, uh, of comics that I have to catch up on. So... Uh, if enough of you, uh, you know, remind me to record episodes of Serious Issues, maybe you'll get the next episode uh, significantly earlier than this one. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, that group is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, I'm at LevDog on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you if you want more from me, uh, not necessarily comic book talk, but sometimes I sneak some in, uh, I do a weekly podcast called Hey Fam with Angus Truscott, which is all about... Uh, movies and video games and TV shows and sometimes comic books. Lots of certainly comic book movies and comic book TV as well. It's very silly. A lot of comedy. A lot of dick talk. If that's the reason you like serious issues, then you'll love Hey Fam. Uh, and uh, then uh, I have a weekly indie games podcast. It used to be monthly. Now it is uh, weekly. Like a, a podcast called All the Small Games uh, that I record with Jonathan Valenzuela, and it's all about indie video games, um, and that's heaps of fun too. I uh, just, re- just recorded an episode this week about my favorite game of the year so far, which is called Blasphemous. So yeah, check out HeyFam and all the small things uh, and uh, check yourselves out in the mirror. You look great. See you next time, everybody. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.